The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship here at Providence. Once again, joined by my brother, Brian Nelson. Brian, welcome. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. And I think you, our listeners, are in for a treat today uh, because we have some very special guests. And just by the uh, the amount of humor that has already happened as we've tried to get this uh, podcast recorder on uh, is just really hope giving to me. This is going to be a really fun episode. So uh, Carl and Shanna Moss are here with us today. Carl and Shanna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you guys are here. Um, why don't you just introduce yourselves for a minute? Tell our listeners who you are, about your marriage, kids, how long you've been at Providence, stuff like that. Okay. I'm Carl, and uh, my wife is Shanna. We've been married for almost 35 years. We've been at Providence for, I don't know, 15 or 16 years, I think. <laughs> We always get that one wrong, <laughs> like forever, but it's not forever. Uh, we have five children. Uh, we like to tell people it's like two sets of kids. We have three older kids, uh, 30, 33, 31, 29, and then there's a big gap, and we have two other boys, uh, 21 and 19. Okay. So we are newly empty nesters, which is pretty fun. <laughs> You forgot our sons in love. Oh, and we have two sons in laws. Our oldest, Valerie, just recently got married to uh, Jason. They live in Japan. Uh, Jason's actually Australian. Uh, and Isaac and Jillian live here in Raleigh. Okay. Awesome. And what life group are you guys in? We are in the Bunsey Weisenfeld Cates class. <laughs> okay. And what other just ways are you guys involved at Providence? What other ministries are you part of? I'm involved in the upper room ministry. Mm-hmm. And then um, in our class, um, I was involved in the missions part of our class. And then we enjoy just serving families that we are involved in. So when Providence had Awana, we were really involved in Awana. And through Awana, we met several young couples and um through marriage, the Marriage Foundations Life Group. Um, we know several of those couples, and they're having children now, and so we just enjoy ministering to them and getting to know their kids. And, and in some ways, they're like um, a, a lot like our kids here and our, our church grandkids, our church kids. So That's awesome. And Carl, did you recently pick up a new skill, hobby, slash way to serve the church? I did. So I've been for a long time uh, wanting to learn how to play the bass guitar. Yeah. So I started lessons last year and I've been recently playing for the Praise and Worship Band. Okay. Yeah. I've been encouraged seeing you up there. So uh, Eric and I, our kids, we've been just blessed, encouraged by Carl and Shanna um, on multiple occasions, just enjoyed some fellowship with them. But also uh, just, a, you know, sometimes six or eight months ago, I was meeting with a brother in the church and talking about life and marriage and family and all sorts of stuff. And he told me, hey, yeah, we recently got connected with a, a couple in the church just to kind of give us some some mentoring, coaching in the area of, of just marriage and and bearing with one another in Christ-like way in our home and 
it was Carl and Shanna and I wasn't surprised. And so um, thank you guys for your service to the church and praise God for his grace in your lives. So uh, today we're talking about chapter two of Dave Harvey's book, I Still Do, uh, defining moment number one. That's going to be a constant source of confusion. The chapter numbers don't match the number of defining moments. So (laughs) this is defining moment number one. When you discover brokenness is broader than sin. Uh, Brian, you just want to give us a quick overview. What's the big idea in this chapter and why does it matter? Yeah, when you discover that your brokenness is broader than sin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, You want to restate it, rephrase it? Yeah. And uh, so, in all seriousness, right, we talked about this last time. Uh, Dave Harvey wrote a marriage book, When Sinners Say I Do. And the whole premise behind the book was uh, that when you come into marriage, you'd bring a suitcase full of things. And in all of the things that you bring into your marriage with you, because you walk down the aisle with it, one of the things, one of the most defining things is your sin. And uh, coming to terms with the reality that you're you're a sinner and your spouse is, and you're stepping into a covenant relationship together. And so now what's, what I think is just fascinating and, and amazing with, with this book is he's turning a corner to say, yes, your biggest problem is sin. That That's fundamentally true. It's what the gospel teaches us. But it's not just sin. There's so many other things in that suitcase that make you who you are. And he says, on, uh, you know, in this chapter, he says, when we when we don't see that it's more than sin, uh, we miss seeing them. Our spouse is a whole person, full of sin and grace, weakness and strength. A person with a broken and beautiful human body wrapped around an eternal soul. And so, this chapter he pushes into the reality that we are more than our sin, and that matters in the marriage relationship. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The fundamental problem is sin, and the only solution is God's grace to us in Jesus. But the point is that's not the only problem. We're more complex than that. And and that actually is to the glory of God in Christ because the gospel heals more than just our fallen hearts. It brings restoration into lots of other areas as well, though some of them we won't experience until the new heavens and the new earth. But yeah, that's the big idea. And he, what he does in this chapter, this chapter really is foundational for the book. And the content of this chapter is what kind of turned me on to this book. I heard an interview with Dave Harvey where he was walking through the first time he heard about these nested circles from David Powison. And the idea is, is like, what does it mean to be human in a fallen world, right? What does it mean to be a a person living in this world? And and so he said, David Powison walked up to the board and he drew a circle and wrote in it heart, right? The human heart, because that is the center of all our human motivation. It's the core of our human existence, he says, right? It's our heart and our desires that determine what we do and and whatnot. And he said, you know, as a pastor, I was pretty comfortable with that. Right. But then he said he he wrote another circle around it and, and he wrote physically embodied. So around the core circle of the human heart is our physical reality of, of our human bodies. And, you know, he said that our hearts exist within a decaying frame, right? We're aging, we're, we need sleep, we get sick, we forget where our keys are, or in his case, um, also very humorously, we forget where our car is. He, uh, this, the, the, this chapter, just like the previous one, is, is really, really fun to read. So he's, I, 
I'll say it now, it's a bad omen when you start your day realizing that your key is fine, but your brain is defective after you realize he was trying to unlock the wrong car for a few minutes. So the reality is that because the whole creation is subjected to futility under a crown of thorns because of sin and the fall, our bodies are weak and they're wasting away. But that's not all. There's another circle around that, and it's called socially embedded. Our Hearts plagued by sin, bodies plagued by weakness exist in a particular social setting and in relationships with other people. And while our family of origin and our social status and setting are not determinative for who we are, what we do, they it very much has an impact. Uh, it it has our past experiences have present influence is the way that he he says it that our relationships and our past deeply influence how we think, how we choose, how we live. But the circles keep coming. Around that is spiritually embattled. So we are a human heart that's physically embodied, socially embedded, and spiritually embattled, meaning we live in an unseen battleground, right? We live in a world where the rulers and the authorities over this present darkness are waging war and seeking to devour us. We have an enemy of our souls and it has an impact on how we think, how we choose. It's hard to quantify or or make it really clear how much my own heart's desires uh, and my circumstances play in versus Satan's temptations. But, um, But we do live in a spiritual world. But then finally around it all is this final circle of God's providence. So human heart, physically embodied, socially embedded, spiritually embattled, but ruled over sovereignly, wisely, and goodly by the providence of God, right? This is God's wisdom and power ruling over every circumstance, every detail of our lives, and ultimately for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This final circle is why Joseph can say to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for Good. It's why we can have confidence. I think I mentioned this last week, like Ephesians 111, that God is working all things together according to the counsel of his will, which is a good, redeeming, saving will. So that's a really big idea. It's actually a it's a lot of words, but it's a simple illustration of these embedded circles that uh that kind of explains this tremendously complex reality of who we are and why we do what we do in a fallen world. So let me stop and say, Brian, Carl, Shanna, how, what else would you say to clarify, to add to this kind of big idea of these circles in this chapter? Well, um, I too, when I saw those circles, I was just, this is, this embodies everything that we have work or when we have worked with, with various marriage studies and various um, conferences we've been to, et cetera. I mean, as Carl and I have gone to various uh, weekends and talked with various couples, it just, when you think about um, your aging body, when you think about your family of origin, when you think about the things that you have been through as a couple, but then you think of how, how Christ and his redeeming work that, the cord of three strands that's not easily broken, that that is what enables you to work through those things, work through conflict, work through the differences between male and female. You know, just every, every book we've read can highlight differences and can highlight ways to deal with conflict. But ultimately 
until you are really seeking Christ and his redemptive work and knowing that he is what is going to help you get through that and what is going to be the thing that is going to unite you. Um, that's the, that's the key right there. Yeah. One thing that struck me in the chapter, and he kind of introduced this concept with something called Occam's razor. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem solving principle that says if there's competing ways to solve a problem, the best solution is typically the one with the fewest assumptions. The fewest assumptions here is your heart is sinful. So therefore that is the solution. But it goes much deeper than that. These circles illustrate that there's so much more going on in influencing your relationship than just your sinful heart. There's other things that influence that. And that's kind of what this, the circles embody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the two illustrations of the couples in this chapter that the beginning and at the end um, were, I mean, I, to my, you know, shame and dismay, I said, man, that is exactly how I used to treat Erica was I was just so quick to oversimplify. This is a sin issue. You must be not believing God's promise for X. You should repent. You should take hold of this promise. Can we be done talking about this now? Like, I mean, I, I didn't realize how selfish it was of me, but to really just want to that, that kind of quick fix, simplistic approach often was driven by, I don't want to be bothered by your continued struggle and I don't want to have to deal with this. And, you know, ultimately growing to know her and to uh, live with her according to knowledge has, has helped by God's grace. That's not how I typically approach her now, but yeah, so all, so what's what I think is amazing about that is is what uh, Dave isn't giving us permission to think this way, but I think this is what he's pressing us toward. None of these things are uh, permission to blame something else for what's going on in our lives, Mm-mm. but it's a recognition that in every sphere of our lives, uh, there's a reason why we need to race to the Lord for yes. uh, for help in navigating those things that, that whatever sphere it's in, whichever. And I just think that's, that's super helpful because it doesn't take those things off the table. It doesn't oversimplify our problems, but it also doesn't excuse them. Well, I think too, it's also uh, worth remembering. It's, it's worth the energy to mine these other issues to find out what's behind uh, the reaction or the thought process that's good, uh, yeah. To get to know your spouse at a deeper level, even at 35 years, we s- still learn about 35 years old. Is that what you're saying? 30, 30, <laughs> yeah. 35 years of marriage. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 35 years young of marriage. Mm. Mm. Well, We're still mining some of those gems. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and it's worth it. It's worth yeah. the energy. Yeah. And for us, I mean, we we met at church. We were youth group sweethearts. Mm. Uh, our parents were in the same Sunday school class. And so. Sometimes I think when you're in the church and when you are believers, that there's even more of a danger to oversimplify things and to say, this is a sin issue. Or if you would just, um, you know, if you would just read your Bible more, if you would just do this, but we can't ignore, we can't ignore our bodies. We can't ignore our minds. We can't ignore um, our upbringing. Yeah. Our upbringing. Mm. I hope you've enjoyed this first part of Brian and I's conversation with Carl and Shanna. You can check out the rest of it on part two of this episode. Thank you for joining. Hope that your heart has been encouraged uh, by God's grace in Christ. 
and hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.